This is the Amner Martinez Podcast. Welcome to the Amner Martinez Podcast. My name is Amner Martinez and I am your host. I'm an immigrant from Guatemala and I've been living in the beautiful state of Iowa since 1995. My professional background is in the staffing and recruiting industry. For the last 15 years, I've been interviewing many people. Also for the last 12 years, I've been in the entertainment industry and I decided to combine the two. In this podcast, we'll be having some interesting conversations with Des Moines, Iowa locals and beyond about business, local music, fashion, sports, food, nonprofit organizations, and some culture stuff. So stick around for some great conversations. Welcome back, everybody. This is episode three. That sounds fucking stupid. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone. This is episode three, and this time I had the honor to speak with Brian Bonanno. Brian is a local community organizer, and uh, he is the winner of the Creative of the Year Award, awarded by the Young Professional Connection, or the YPC, here in Des Moines, Iowa. We had a dark beer, we had a stout beer, and we talked about a bunch of stuff. We talked about the levels of fanhood in the beer world, um, podcasting, and the effects of podcasting. How to, you know, finding your community, flat earthers, the difference of... Uh, flat earthers? Yeah, we talked about <laughs> flat earthers. <laughs> How indifference affects underserved communities, his work, his passion. He's worked here in Des Moines, Iowa and in Chicago. He's been doing it for 10 years and he's basically changing, you know, he's wanting to change the narrative um, of uh, underserved neighborhoods. Uh, we talked about the politics in the nonprofit world and how his work shapes his life. So here we go. This is Mr. Brian Bonanno. Well, thank you for coming back, man. Yeah. So let's open this uh, Martin Strelly. You fixed it, man. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I'm starting my own home, You're my own home improvement. Yeah, Brian Bonanno. Home improvements. I have a lot of experience doing that stuff. Worked a lot of crazy repair jobs. My go-to is like if Lota is saying that I can't fix things, I'm like, I help build a privacy fence. That's a huge accomplishment. Actually, right? I might need to call you for our backyard now. Right. I'm like, come on, man. Yeah, yeah. that whole waxing thing. Is that new? That that's a new thing, right? I feel like it's a thing that every brewery feels like it classes it up. Yeah, that's yeah. But I've done it once where it's like it gets you gotta cut through it. It makes it seem like it's a wine bottle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it just ends up getting wax in your beer, so I don't know. I'm not a fan of I've that. seen it more and more though. Yeah. This special this place is gonna beer. Oh there it is. <laughs> Advice to um alluvial. Enough with the wax. Enough with the wax. It just fucking give me a beer. I know. That's all I want, a beer. Sometimes the twist off is just nothing. Really oh, man, this is a dark beer. Yeah. I mean, it's the Martin Shkreli Amner, so it's supposed to be dark. It's, it's supposed like to be. Dark like it's hard. I think that's, that's a good. nice concept. So what, like, the Satan? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's like, I think, I don't know if they've done another one recently, but it's 
supposed to be about, what does it even say? Maybe it says, uh, <clears throat> government warning, women should not drink alcoholic beverages during pregnancy. No, that's about it. That's all they really say about this beer. You're a bad spokesman for it. <laughs> <laughs> Sponsor us. Yeah, if you're, Cheers, if you're, yeah, oh, Cheers. yeah, no, you're gonna take it. Yeah, let me take a little quick picture, real quick. It looks good. It should be good. I just dropped one off. Uh, well, I dropped one off to one of my friends in Chicago a couple of a couple of months ago. Mm -hmm. I can't remember. I have a little bit of a, a beer exchange trade that I do with a friend back there. Okay, so are you in a Facebook groups where they? change beers they um like they'll put up a beer and be like okay i'm gonna sell this one and there's like raffles no i mean i've i've thought about that i'm not a big fan of lines cheers oh yeah cheers oh wow that's pretty wow that's pretty intense it's good though <laughs> it's very chocolatey too it's it like is. it's uh feels like they melted like some kind of yeah chocolate, chocolate. i've got notes of chocolate <laughs> alcohol and <laughs> oh god vanilla <laughs> But yeah, uh, there's groups that you don't belong to. Um, uh, no, I mean, I, I like, uh, I support the craft beer culture, but uh, I, I'm not. But you, you, you're, you're exchanging beers. That's another, I don't exchange beers. Well, I have a friend of mine, he like. So there is, <laughs> there is levels of beer yeah. love. There's the levels of beer love. Like, right. I'm not a big fan of like standing in line for anything. <clears throat> this was actually the first beer that I've ever done that. And we just did it because we thought it'd be kind of fun to do yeah. on like a dreary Saturday. But then we ended up spending half the time outside in the dreary weather waiting to get inside. Yeah. And um, yeah, I don't know. And then I, there's a lot of places now that like, they raffle off. They only like brew a certain amount and they kind of keep it. I get that that like keeps it scarce mm -hmm. and keeps it kind of interesting, but I'd rather just like drink a beer yeah. that I can get easily yeah. that I enjoy. Like I, some people really love that part of it. It's kind of like fandom or like people that line up outside of a midnight showing of some sort, yeah. of, sort of movie, which is, is fun at sometimes, but then other times you just like. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was talking to um, this guy that he's becoming a friend of ours. Um, and uh, he's like, he's got collections. So he's like almost like a collector yeah. of, oh, yeah. of beers. Uh, and he opened up a couple and I was like, I mean, they're delicious. Right. Um, um, so I just keep an eye out for, for stuff that looks interesting and then um, my friend see but you knew about the assassin I know about it because I'm annoyed, <laughs> I'm annoyed by toppling Goliath the way that they they so like, do that I'm trying to figure out are you like a classic like beer a fanatic that you're just trying to say like oh cool like whatever no I, mean, I, I like I like, I, like uh, I had no idea about the assassin until this guy told me, and then and then you're like, man, those are hard to come by. And he told me that he's like, these are hard to come by. It is hard to come by, <laughs> and I don't like that, because I know that they could brew more of it yeah. and make it available. Um, but they prefer to keep it like that that scarcity so that it keeps yeah. the interest in the brewery. I get that, but I'm like, ah, they have like a crazy system where you sign up in a raffle to end up in another raffle. To yeah, yeah, maybe yeah. show up and get a chance to stand <clears throat> in line. Yes. For a beer, and that's like you buy wow. a ticket for like six to ten bucks or something, and then you go there. I've been there. We so, went last summer for the first time, and uh, I'm not gonna lie, I was not impressed.
impressed. I You're not impressed? No, because in even in the tap room. I haven't been there, so I don't know. The tap room, yeah, there's a better brewery in the same town, I think. Uh, okay. But which is called, uh, oh yeah, what's it called? Pulpit Rock. Better brewery. Because uh, it's like more approachable. The new brewery that Topple and Goliath built is like 10 miles outside of yeah. town. I heard it's huge though. It's huge, but it has like no character. Um, and then they don't actually have any of like the good beers on tap. It's all the same beers okay. that you get everywhere else. Okay, like okay, okay. Pseudo Sue and so which is like I'll I'll spend my time at the the one that's in town that's like brewing interesting <laughs> you're, stuff. You're you're, you're swimming against the popular I'm believe right now. Like right now I know Topic Goliath is in everybody's top. Yeah. I am I'm I like beer for the people, I guess. Uh, yeah. Cool. So I'll drink pretty much anything. I guess we're we're starting a beer. You should start a separate a separate beer podcast. podcast of beer. <laughs> I'm sure there's no shortage of those out there. Yeah, 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 yeah. 10,000. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like there's... <clears throat> I'm I'm no longer being impressed by... If you like something, there is a community there. Yeah. Like if the most obscure shit or weird habit or weird yeah. hobby that you may have, if you dig in, there's a community there that will like that you relate to. Right. And so I'm no longer, uh, I'm starting to not be impressed anymore about, what do you think about that? What Of just like the fact that there's like everything has got its own. Everything. I mean, I mean, in some ways I think it's good. I mean, everybody's always looking for, well, you know. Like where to belong? Yeah, where to belong and to have a community. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, there's more of that than ever before. But sometimes I think it can be kind of, overwhelming i guess in a way like i feel like not everything needs to have like a crazy cult following i mean like sure. i love beer but i i don't know that's just me personally i like there are a lot of things that i really love but i've never like i've never been so into something that i've like you know sought out like uh, indeed is it, is it are you are you not are you saying that it's because it would isolate the person or that community more? No, I mean, I guess it's, and it's probably a good thing for a lot for a lot of reasons. I guess I've just never been attracted to that type of. Uh, I don't know. Now I'm like soul searching. Like, do I belong to any com <laughs> communities? Uh, I'm like, wait a minute. I shouldn't be down on people that are like. <laughs> Um, no, I'm like, I don't know. I never really, I mean, like, I like to participate in things yeah. to a certain point. Yeah. And then, um, and then I like kind of pull back from well, things. It's the reason why I kind of bring it up is because, so Kenji, you know, he's the one that's kind of been coming over and helping me, you know, getting things kind of sounding good. And, uh, and he's enjoying it because like, well, I think he is. You know, I can feel like, oh man, let's go buy this, or you should yeah. order this, you should get this. And then while we're putting things together, you know, we're having fun because we're testing the sound and we're doing all this right. stuff. And then we're like laughing our ass off and, you know, we started to say some of that stuff, like the outtakes kind of thing, you know? Yeah. And then he's like, we should just start a podcast, but in Spanish, that is just like literally, we're probably going to call it like, another fucking podcast <laughs> like otro pinche podcast otro pinche. and just like he's like we're just gonna talk about stupid shit like dudes like 
people love that. Though. Yeah, like, like uh, I mean, it's something. Yeah, I've always wanted that too. So like, there's a lot of podcasts out there who it's just like other people. Just it's just like being able to sit in a room with your friends. Yeah, I think sometimes, yeah, 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 and yeah. that something about that is just like calming. Yeah, and also, uh, I don't know. I mean, I guess sometimes, you know, I, I wonder if it's like <clears throat> giving people an excuse to avoid other like interactions with people mm-hmm. but at the same time there's a lot of people that are just naturally afraid of interacting with other people and so it's podcasting that's like giving everybody an opportunity to find their, their yeah. voice i guess more and more the, the it's starting to take shape you know so yeah. i just want to have a good conversation with someone yeah. people that have uh that offer something other than than uh, just what they're asked for you know they just go beyond um and then about this other one, this other podcast that we're thinking about doing, it's it's because I'm like, man, yeah, like people want to laugh, people want to hear things that are not related to fucking politics or related to drama or related. Right. So like, if I want to get mad, I all I gotta do is jump on Facebook. Oh yeah. If yeah. I want to get mad, it takes like two minutes here. Less than that. Up. Yeah, man, and you you read the headlines and you're just like, fuck, right. like, and, and then you know you're just like, I'm out, you know. Um, so I think maybe we are starting to come to a point of this cycle of like whatever's happening right now where people are starting to be like, okay, we've been mad enough. We've been angry enough already. Like, can somebody please do something else that is not, I think like, I don't know. I just feel like we're ready for like something that is not so intense. Yeah. And something also that's just like fed to us to like amp up everything. I think that's the nice thing about podcasting is that like it gives anybody an opportunity to um, share their their worldview, and I mean, and that's for better or for worse. But um, there's, yeah, I mean, like it's just a different outlet that gives uh, access to lots of different types of people, and um, so people are finding able to find, I guess, in a sense, just their people. Like they're able to find other people. I mean, you can search through, and you can find any something for everybody. Right. Like your whatever your your interests are. Um, Whatever your, um, yeah, whatever likes and dislikes and likes and dislikes, um, and you know that comes. That's like obviously a double-edged sword, but that's what I was gonna hit. Yeah. So, so, um, so you can go dig in the on, on the internet, or you can go into the podcast world and find a podcast that touches you, or or a book, or yeah, that that hits you right. And you find a community, or like gaming. Gaming is another one that's really big. You know, some yeah. gamers like go into this other world, and there's like societies that live inside this. Like, there's people that are literally living their life virtually. Right. You know, um, so there is a line that you can cross too. One example that I guess uh, I can think of right now is I saw this documentary on Netflix called Behind the Curve. Um, so it's about flat earthers. Oh god! Don't get me started on flat earthers. Oh man, you have to watch it. Oh, I might. It is, I will. It is pure gold. But yeah. but it's it's so well done that when you're, I mean you you're gonna laugh your ass off. But then you, there's also very insightful, pure uh, uh, look into this world, you know. And right. um, and then so you when you're done. With the documentary, you are, I think you're going to walk away with it like, yeah, that is true, man. Like, so there's something in us that um, 
you know, what we were talking about earlier, there's this weird habit that we have or this weird light that we have that if we if we dig long enough, we'll find that community. Right. But then the danger part is like you can dive in too deep, then now you're like isolating the entire world and you're becoming just, you're in this little island with your community. Right. And, and you refuse to leave because if you leave and you're not, you're, you lose your worldview, like you're, it challenges your worldview right. and then everything that you've come to know and yeah, yeah, understand. Yeah. I mean, and part of what the whole world's problem is right now is that like we, yeah, um, the flat earthers are just like, I think a really interesting look at like where we're at right now because these are the people that like, it doesn't matter how much truth or fact or science like you put in front of them, the more yeah. that you put in front of them, the more that the the deeper they dig. Right. Um, I don't fully understand that. I think it's kind of fascinating. You um, have to watch it. It's called Behind the Curve. Do they talk about the guy, the limo driver from Las Vegas who built his own rocket? Yeah. No. But he doesn't no. believe in science? No. <laughs> he taught himself. This is a limo driver who taught himself <laughs> rocket science. But he doesn't believe in yeah. science. He shot him because he's like, I'm going to. I don't believe anything that anyone tells me, but I see. I only believe what I can like see with my own eyes and objectively what I can uh, yeah. understand. Which I I appreciate that. Yeah. This guy is kind of a bad. You have to love this dude because uh, I mean he literally shoots himself up into the air. He builds rockets and he shoots himself up. You know, not high enough to I've really never heard of this guy. Oh, I want to look, look him up now. You should look him up because it's it's amazing. You know, but they. I don't want to ruin it for you or anyone. The earth, Whoever is, listens. the earth is a... No. <laughs> what? No. no. Spoiler alert. <laughs> no, I don't want to ruin for you. As far as like... You get to ask yourself some questions too. Right. While, while you're watching this documentary, you know, they're, they're interviewing scientists, physicists, um, psychiatrists, and they also interview uh, and follow a lot of these flat earthers yeah. thoroughly. Like they're following them thoroughly. There's a podcaster. <laughs> oh, I'm sure there's It's an entire group. There's like dating with like dating sites for flat earthers. It's it's an yes. entire community and they're like gaining some kind of um well, and that's, friction they believe. That's I think the interesting danger of like all of this stuff is that it allow the internet, podcasting, all of that stuff allows us to silo ourselves into these little bubbles. Yeah. Um, where you can live a life completely free of uh, you know being challenged uh, or having your worldview challenged and that I think is extremely dangerous because like, right. I think the only thing that breaks down some of those barriers are you know people getting outside of their bubble or having to live next to different people and I mean then that goes both ways I mean I think people on progressive or liberal sides of things also trapped in bubbles too like yeah, yeah 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 and they refuse to go anywhere further like they, there's no right there's no they're not reaching out anymore so that becomes a dangerous you know way of doing business like or, or way of, you know just being a neighbor period yeah you stop to you stop like, seeing people as people and everybody the root of everything you know we're all we all want the same things we all have we're all going through struggles and challenges in everyday life and so there's a there's a there's a danger in uh digging your heels too much for sure yeah i mean you lose people are losing i think that's something that i see 
most is I think that we're losing our ability to see the humanity and people that don't think or talk or look like us or live in that bubble. Mm-hmm. And when that happens, nothing good comes from that. You just you need to dig deeper and deeper and deeper until you can't go back and you can't go back. I guess. So. And you've been kind of in the trenches a little bit as far as trying to create bridges. Is that would you, would you think that that's that's a fair statement? Yeah. Like are you trying to break? build bridges between communities and saying, hey, this community deserves attention yeah. from, you know, the other communities that's being left behind. Yeah, I mean, I think that I think of it as like, as, yeah, everybody has inherent value, neighborhoods, people. Um, but the problem that I see is that, you know, that a lot of the systems and things that are in place that set the standard or set the value um, don't know how to assess value on things that don't look or represent them like yeah. that. And so because of that, I think that there's a lot of inequality and disparity between. So I, I mean, looking at it just from a neighborhood way, like if we, um, the structures that build our cities and run our cities now run those off of a perceived idea of what a city should look like. Yeah. And that is very narrow usually. Like in Des Moines, you know, our standard, our gold standard for a neighborhood is Beaverdale or um, South of Grand or Water is something on the west side, uh-huh. predominantly white, middle to upper class. Uh-huh. It has a lot more resources, and so the people that, so that's like, you know, that's where we're we're shooting. We want every neighborhood to look like that, and so we're working all of our 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 thought, and it goes into this goes towards like we need to it needs to look and and act like that. Yeah, Um, and it's not to say that there aren't real problems in neighborhoods around the city, but it's just that. We're not able to see the good things that exist in a place. Um, we then, so when we look through that lens um, at other neighborhoods that don't look like that, um, we miss, we just see what they're missing and what they're lacking. We don't see what they already have, um, who the, the assets are in the neighborhood. Who the oh man, yeah, that's, yeah. that's exactly right. I, uh, you just made me gasp because, like, it's true. It's it's a completely different yeah. The lenses, the lenses, right? And so, like, when you, um, so they're saying, this is this neighborhood is bad. This neighborhood is this. This neighborhood is this. Instead of saying, which is different, this neighborhood has this. This neighborhood provides this to the rest of the community. This neighborhood creates this. Right. Well, and you That's do, crazy. don't understand how those neighborhoods got, and you don't, it's not that you don't understand, it's that you don't re- really admit to yourself that these neighborhoods got this way because of um, years of the, looking through the, the wrong lens um, and saying, telling people and reinforcing the idea that, that this is bad. So when I worked in Chicago, you know, one of the most eye-opening things that I ever, you know, I worked a lot of neighborhoods in the South 
on west sides of town and I would go down and visit other um, economic development agencies, community development organizations. And the people in those neighborhoods often felt embarrassed. You know, like when someone would come from the north side or a different part of town, they'd feel embarrassed about their neighborhood. And they, so much so that they themselves wouldn't recognize the, the positive things of their own neighborhood. So, you know, like I'd go through some blocks of, uh, like a, we were, for example, we were in a neighborhood called Roseland, um, which, uh, you know, has, it's Chicago, has uh-huh. serious struggles, violence, gangs. Um, disinvestment years of it but there's also tons of people the majority of people that live in that neighborhood uh-huh. are working really hard to like take care of their blocks take care of their their houses and and watch out for their neighbors and just have a community there's sure. one of the best donut shops in the city is down there there's um you know just there are things there that that just because they don't look like the north side of Chicago yeah, no. doesn't mean they're all bad i mean it's not so they're self-inflicting that same perception that the other yeah because the narrative has been driven for so long that like if you live on the south side of chicago that you're and we're in in any neighborhood like on the east side of des moines or the north side of des moines sure that that these places are bad that there's that there no go zones for people from the west side yeah that, that they're dangerous and it's not accurate it's a it's uh it's not untrue at times but it's not the the sole narrative and so that's my goal is to because a lot of the work is to try and broaden the narrative um so that people that live in the neighborhood feel good about where they're proud proud yeah feel proud about the the things that are there about themselves and that they're not um basing their self-worth off of somebody else's vision or their lens like they have things that they can contribute there are great um, people there are great businesses there are people that want to invest in neighborhoods but you know they're told that they don't have the same value i'm not trying to push necessarily the residents of a neighborhood to change i'm trying to push the city to change and Mm -hmm. to reassess you know how they are going about doing their work because a lot of times there are people that been part of so many initiatives and programs and stuff that are made up of the same people you know city planners um you know high up people in you know big anchor institutions like hospitals or nonprofits, and you know they're not applying they they are doing things to make themselves feel better and to look good to bigger investors but oftentimes they have no connection to people on the ground and then after you know five years or something like that they get tired they maybe they've run into some conflicts with people in the neighborhood and then they so they shut down and they go somewhere else and that's essentially what has just happened in my job um, so it's lack of investment it's a lack of investment and it's uh poor uh poorly like planned and thought out investment um you know uh, they there needs to be different um different views and different perspectives and different backgrounds represented on these decision-making rooms. So, for example, like in the neighborhoods on the east side, all of the decisions for like Capital East, you know, how the city spends their money in that neighborhood were 
based on meetings that they had with neighborhood associations. So the neighborhood associations in a lot of those neighborhoods are predominantly older, white residents who've lived in the neighborhood for a long time. They're usually homeowners, so they're not sure. renters. So that it's not that they're wrong, it's just that they're, it's too narrow a view of a neighborhood to make big investment decisions. So you know, they're thinking about their home values. Yeah. Um, but they're not thinking about like the quality of life for renters in the neighborhood yeah. or, you know, they're not up, they don't know what they don't know. So like they only know their own kind of existence in this neighborhood. I think that the city needs to do a better job of finding the um, right representatives, the right representatives from a neighborhood. Um, and neighborhood associations are historically kind of like exclusive of certain groups of people. So if you're black or brown in those neighborhoods, oftentimes neighborhood associations in some of these older neighborhoods were formed, um, maybe not for the best intentions. Sure. Um, they're probably afraid of changing demographics in their neighborhood mm -hmm. and they wanted some sort of control or power. Okay. The thing that I am most frustrated with is that city government and bigger nonprofits, a lot of them don't understand the complexities of, of neighborhoods. There needs to be a, an emphasis on understanding a neighborhood from a ground level mm -hmm. instead of coming in and like trickle down, spending spending money and doing these things. Like we need to figure out what's actually happening in the neighborhood, what the assets are mm -hmm. that you might not normally recognize. So, so is this mostly money? So they're not injecting the the efforts in the right places. No. They're just kind of like it's yeah. a, it's called the nonprofit industrial complex. And that's a whole other thing. But really? Essentially, it's busy. It's busy work. It's yeah. money that's funneled through big nonprofits to buy large corporations to say that they're investing in certain mm. ways. Um, Just to give the facade of yeah, the facade of we're reaching out. We're because if you really think about the amount of money that's out there and the amount of money that goes into, I mean, and this isn't to say this is like how every nonprofit works, mm -hmm. but there's massive amount of money that's going into nonprofits that would have dramatic effects on on neighborhoods around the country mm -hmm. if they were in the hands of the right people yeah um, but they're not they're in people that they're in organizations that hop from grant to grant and that's how they stay afloat they, yeah. they get a five hundred thousand dollar grant they do enough work to maybe justify getting another grant and then they just spend the majority of their time Doing that rather than actually doing work and getting to know people in the neighborhoods and finding the right players and I would love to see organizations that are like that that are rooted in neighborhoods that are you know small staffed um, have strong connections and ties to the neighborhoods that they're working in I would love to see them get more money um, but it's really hard because they're not they're not invited they're not given a seat mm -hmm. at the table for that type of stuff yeah. um, because they they yeah they might not show the same stability and even as a small nonprofit, it's hard for like yeah. big corporations to pay attention to you like so yeah. big corporations are paying attention to united way right and like the big nonprofits. so if you're a small nonprofit, you better knock on that door two three four years before you get an answer back and right. run a meeting and then and then once you convince them that like you're onto something this drumming uh oh the isis uh, arrest yeah. yes yeah so it's 85 and um 
I'm sure they've had, uh, you know, donors and, and, and uh, grants. Yeah. But Walmart just gave them $100,000 last year. That's pretty awesome. And then they said that if they raise a certain amount of money, then they're going to give them another 100000 Yeah. to, like, build a facility. That, that's amazing. But they started in 1985. Yeah, that's it takes a long time. You have to be on the scene and, forever. And these guys, like, I just, the ISIS Reds, they're really, like, getting kids from the neighborhood, struggling kids, you know, and giving right. them this artistic outlet that is, I don't know the history of no, I mean, I think how the, much money they've gotten in the past, but I doubt that they've gotten $100,000 at one sitting, and then another 100 or I don't even know the amount, but it's like a lot of money, you know, but, right. and then 8035 is one of those, you know, the, the More Music Coalition, they start they started their first year with a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, right. I mean, it's it's a lot. So it's visibility. So it's, it's marketability. So you know what does that tell you? You know this this yeah. grassroots, uh, deeply rooted in a you know colored minority neighborhood. Yeah. It's been going since nineteen eighty five. I'm sure every year is a struggle for. Yeah. It. For every year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Any round of public struggles every year. Like, where do we get the funds next, right. right? And then there's this fresh new, you know, idea, and then boom, here's a hundred thousand. Right. Like, who wouldn't who wouldn't get a leg up with a hundred thousand dollars? If your first year was a hundred thousand, what would you do? Hundred thousand dollars. I mean, I think I would buy a building. Um, I would find a building. So you have to be an already established nonprofit, or you have to be working for no for no money get access to grants yeah like nobody that's one of the biggest argument or you know gripes i guess you would say amongst most people in the nonprofit field is that like you can't even yeah nobody wants to work in the nonprofit. like yeah. as a full-time job right i've tried for 10 years and it's it, never it's, it's you know well. it's you know not you know right, i'm being as honest as i can in, in in you know i come from the last 15 years being in the staffing recruiting yeah. hiring headhunting you know world that yeah. you know People, I see people leaving the nonprofit sector because you know, it's tough. What's your What's your take on that? Like on the oh, it's 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 tough, but it's like I think a lot of the people that I know that do similar work are always on the verge of just complete and utter burnout. Um, right. I'm I'm always like that. I'm like, what do I? What else can I do? <laughs> um, you know, I this I actually am just losing my job again. It's frustrating. Because you're dedicated to this work and you care about it and you want yeah. to, you don't know what else to do. Sometimes you wouldn't be, you wouldn't work in a corporate America, would you? I would die. I would die. Like I would, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I would literally probably die the first day. It's yeah, not possible it's, at this point. It's, which uh, is a bad thing. So you are doing what you love. Yeah, I mean, so the, so I know. Or uh, what? What do you look at it as? I mean, it's it's a go back and forth. Between it every day because like I love it and I hate it. I love it and I hate it. But uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know what else I would do. Yeah, it's part of like a commitment that I've made to myself, you know, for a long time that this is like what I've got to do with my life. But this is part of the battle, though, right? Yeah. Like the failures is part of the the battle of oh yeah of fail like, all the time. Right, right, right. You like you look at your body of work and you like you remember all the struggles and hard times and then you look back and you're like like I'm doing this for for a reason. 
you know like there's something there that it is not you yeah. can't quantify with money it's just pure am i doing this for the right reasons am i doing this for who am i doing this for is it for me is it for the people in the neighborhood yeah um and so i'm constantly battling i guess with myself like yeah. what is the driving force and i think part of this too i come from the background too of like environmental work and sustainability work and it's it's um the goal is like that you're working to put yourself out of a job but you're never going to be out of the job <laughs> yeah like it, it won't be done like there were, i don't have i'm not naive that i think that like we're saving the world but the idea is that we're trying to influence other people around us so that they influence people around them yeah. and that you just you start small and you hope that it grows and it's the only thing that i can do that makes me feel good about about myself what would you tell somebody that wants to get into the nonprofit? <laughs> just long. listen to this podcast. <laughs> Not all nonprofits. I mean, I don't know. I don't want to sound like a martyr, um, but because uh, that's not that's not what it is. It's yeah. Just, but um, it's more like yeah. I mean, I think that there's some so nonprofit work finds you. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, didn't yeah, seek yeah, this yeah. out. I never yeah. was yeah. intending. You know, I thought I was going to be a marine biologist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but the things, if I ended up finding this, like this is, it's not, I, it, I didn't find it. it. It did. I literally just kind of fell into this. And then the ball gets rolling and then it's just like, well, this is what I do. Yeah. And I can't go back as much as other people want me to go back. Yeah, yeah. Or I want to go What back. are some of those success, like what is the moments that stand in your mind that you're like, this I will never forget this moment that it felt exhilarating. Um, I think uh, the way that people rallied around the murals, okay, last year was, uh, you know, it, it was both sides of the, the coin. It was deeply disturbing and depressing, but at the same time, just the number of people that. And just to give people that don't know, like yeah. you know, these murals that you helped. Coordinated, coordinated, and brought the artists from out of state, and they put some nice, beautiful, cultural, yeah. you know, uh, big, like, amazing murals, and then somebody vandalized them. Yeah, and then short story is, you know, you were like, you know, fuck us, fuck you, right? Like, and then we're gonna use this. We're gonna drown yeah, that guy turn out. it around, and uh, and then you started a a uh, uh, GoFundMe. GoFundMe raise. $8,500. Yeah. Um, we worked with a local artist here, okay. Ryan Tepede, um, and he, he, he and I did, he did most of the repairs. Um, I helped a little bit. I handed him paint cans. Um, that's a collabo. Collab. I shook the, I shook the spray paint cans and handed them to him. Um, and, uh, but those are beautiful. I mean, just like yeah. name the streets where people can find us. So like the, a lot of the murals are on, so we've done 22 in the last two years, um, which uh, I think is, is notable. Um, yeah, totally. So we've done 22, both local and artists from out of state, from Chicago, Miami, uh, Phoenix. Uh, and I think that's, that covers it. But um, yeah, uh, they're on East Grand um, between 15th, East 15th and East... So east of the capital. East of the capital. All east of the capital. Mostly on East Grand, going all the way out to the train tracks as you're going towards the fairgrounds, uh, and then East Fourteenth uh, Street. Uh, a couple there, 
East 12th Street, East uh, University, um, so all East, east Side uh, neighborhoods by Lutheran Hospital. Um, we try to like find locations that are kind of community hubs. So uh-huh. there's like taco trucks and uh, corner stores or uh, stuff that's by the school or a couple local bars or a local grocery store. Um, places that we know have lots of of like foot traffic and neighborhood traffic like that are destinations for people that live in the neighborhood. Yeah, and these are like professional yeah. fields. Like there's no uh, amateur feel to them at all. Like they're like Thank you. <laughs> and I think in a way maybe that's what upsets people are like I don't know. Maybe maybe that's it, but it doesn't matter. The thing is that they're like they're dope and you know, people got mad because yeah for whatever reason. And then you fought negativity with positivity, and then you didn't even get out. Whatever you want. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Take that. It got, it, <laughs> it got, it got like a couple of channels picked it up, right? Yeah, we had a lot of coverage on the news. Um, I had people send me messages from across the country, which was cool. Um, I was reading that you got the uh, young professional connection. Creative of the Year, yeah, award. It did. How is that? How did that feel? It's uh, it feels good. I'm not good at. There's some recognition, right? Like, come yeah. on, like, it's recognition. You got, I yeah. You, you got uh, no. I you got, did you enjoy it? I did enjoy it. Um, I, it was yeah. It was really nice to be to be recognized. It's the most recognition I've ever had for anything that I've done. In the last like ten years, um, so it felt it felt really good, and uh, it was nice to be amongst uh, you know all the people that I was there nominated with or that were up for other awards. Yeah, because um, there's some really impressive people doing doing cool shit in in Des Moines, and uh, so it's nice to be among those those folks. And uh, it's just. I got a little bit robbed of it. I think a week later, so it was just kind of like, "What do you mean?" Uh, well, I got lost my, I got laid off essentially. Oh, <laughs> a, week, a, week, <laughs> a week later, less like, than oh, a, you got the award. That's no, yeah. yeah, and I was like, less than a week later, I was just like, "Oh, cool, I got an award." For oh, you were like doing your your victory lap, and then they're like, "Oh man." Yeah, I didn't even get. I don't even think I got that. I got no communication from anyone that I worked with, so I knew something was up, and so it was just like. <laughs> Yeah. So I mean, I got a week to like really enjoy it, and but I mean, it um, stands for what itself. did what did it tell you? Like, um, yeah, that it's needed and that people, um, yeah, people people recognize it. I have a hard time because it's like I sometimes I'm like, well, you know, I coordinated it and you know helped with a lot of it, but. I'm not alone. Uh, there's so many other. Sure, there's the artists. There's, there's artists. Uh, there's contractors. There's sure. the business owners, the property sure. owners, the the funders. The but it takes I'm the guy somebody. That yeah. yeah, and that is key. You know, so so anybody that um, can that produces something, whether it's a play yeah. or a movie or or an organizer or you know. There's that engine, that person that's that's the engine that gets all the right pieces put together. Yeah. Because the artists, they're artists. That's what they do. Right. I mean, they'll 
probably do their own pieces, but then community wise, they're not gonna be like, oh, let me do this. You know, there's gotta be that piece. Yeah. You know, that's. Um, yeah, I think that it's hard sometimes because I I feel like I ask a lot of the people that work with me because you know I never really have the the right amount of funding that I feel like someone deserves or that I owe them, and so I and I put through I put people through some some pretty difficult circumstances to yeah. get this work done whether that's weather or you know not having the right uh, equipment or you know so people have I always feel very uh, fortunate that so many people have been willing to to come along and like take the take the step with me in a lot of ways so that that feels good that's the thing that I think that I appreciate most about the, the work that I'm engaged with is that like uh, I've, I've calmed enough people into following me. <laughs> and they, I know what you mean. I yeah. honestly know what you mean because sometimes, you know, with the festival, I'm like, so we were a concert, right? So we yeah. were a concert for the first four years. I talked to Christina and she was like, yeah, that's, let's do it. And then the fourth year, I was like, let's just do it, a festival. And I said enough things for everybody to say, yeah, so let's go from spending, you know, five to $7,000 a year to like $22,000 a year. And, right. and it's, it feels crazy. Yeah. And it feels it's a lot, you know? Yeah. And then, but then now it's starting to come to fruition where before I'm like, I don't know why that, but there needs to be that person that has a vision and they're like, there's this, right. It's uh, willing to take the, the leap and push. Yeah, push just like, it. just let people see what you see. And then they're like, all right, you know what? Yeah. And then, you know, you do come to a place where you're like, I knew I knew what I was talking about. Right. I know. <laughs> I'm still like, why did we get to this point? I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah. But we'll get there. I yeah. think there's an addiction of like, of, uh, it's an uh, adrenaline thing. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's like, I have that happen. This, uh, as I'm sure you do. Yeah. This, like, there's this uh, feeling of, um, the likelihood of me making it there is very slim, but, you're the only person that believes that you can get there. Right. You know, and if you don't, then who else will do it? You know, that whole tacky, uh, if not you, then who? Right. If not uh, now, then when? Right. You know, which I guess I shouldn't say it's tacky because it's it's true. It's very true. Like, yeah, you have to ask yourself, like, if I'm not doing this, like, who is going to do it? Right. You know, those murals wouldn't be up if you, I mean, they probably would, but when? Like, I don't know, you know? I think it some point I, at some point maybe somebody but but right. i want the thing that i you know i want to do it in a certain way that i think is yeah i mean because i think murals right now in general are, are really popular and so i just want to make sure that very popular it is done in the right way that is attempting in my way to be as more representative or more reflective of the people that live in the neighborhoods yeah um, in some of these neighborhoods because that's what was being talked about is like public art as a tool for you know, they didn't use that word, but as a tool for gentrification to make certain people feel more comfortable in certain neighborhoods. And all murals do that to a certain degree. But I wanted to make sure that if we were going to keep going down this route in the city and continue this curriculum and start spending that money, that at least we made an effort to get some artists that were of different styles, different backgrounds, um, to kind of reinforce the neighborhoods and their identity and the people that live there so that it's for them first 
and then for everyone else second. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what it did. And that's why I haven't made a map <laughs> yet. I get a lot of people want you me. You should do that. I will make a that. map. I'm yeah, going to yeah, make yeah, a yeah. map. But I wanted for the first amount of time. So let's talk a little bit about that. See, yeah. here's like, we're going to start gearing towards the end. But, okay. Um, yeah, this is, we were on a way different track this time. I know. Last time, last, was, time was just, last time we got dark very quick. Yeah, I don't know if it was dark, but it was, it, was, it was a lot of like death related stuff. <laughs> Which, Which is why I brought this beer. I thought we were yeah, we're like, just like, every, every, let me like counter spirit up a little bit. Yeah. Just, <laughs> talk of dark. <laughs> Which so we should do sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's my whole other topic. So if this makes the cut, I'll tell it, but. Uh, we this is our second time we record because the first time uh, it was a really good conversation. So I'm gross. like I was that totally was I was like that was done, but that I had the old microphones, so I was like let's do this one. But the old one was like about Brian's like life and death uh, um, experience, and it was like a good twenty minutes of like all we needed was the twilight sound behind <laughs> like. <laughs> No, I mean, or or the guy from Unsolved Mysteries, uh, what's his name? Ooh, yeah, that guy always creeped me out, Robert yeah. Stack. Uh, yeah, tonight on Unsolved Mysteries, I watched that thing religiously, dude. Me I too. saw episode after episode after episode, yeah. and I was like a teenager. It's it was intriguing. It was. I mean, there's lots of stuff. That's a whole other thing. I yeah, yeah. Way into so that's what we're that's what we're kind of referring to. That last this one was a little bit more. It takes a different route, and see, that's why I'm not. I'm not gonna be afraid of bringing people repeatedly because, like, the conversation is completely Genius. different. You know, yeah. it doesn't have to be the same thing. I was kind of, I was honestly kind of worried this time. I was like, I know Brian, so what are we gonna ask him about? Oh, I can talk all day. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's, and I will say, like, a lot of that stuff that we talked about last time does play into the work that I do now. That you do now, and yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm saying. So come, 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 come. Maybe, yeah, we'll, maybe we'll do a pre just, a prequel. So I'll yeah, just do a prequel, and then and then if it if then we'll do a a, a third uh, a third installment a third installment of the Brian. I can just become Saga. a recurring character. I can yeah. be like a, I'll just be a recurring character. You can talk about anything. Uh, no, but okay. So what's next, though? Yeah. So I I want to kind of carry on the work that we were doing with third space uh -huh. and with the murals i think that they, we could expand that to other communities i think that there's still a need for um, a space that that's arts and arts and culture focused that is trying to bring people from different parts of the city from different backgrounds like i want to focus on activities and things that that yeah like we were talking about earlier that would bridges and and um bridge these gaps, I guess, that we have in our communities. And, yeah. um, and I want to, uh, yeah, so whether that's starting a nonprofit um, uh, or a business of some sort, uh, I would like to to kind of pursue that. I don't know what that would look like right now. It's a pretty daunting uh, task. Yeah, it's a daunting task. I'm, you know, I have, we just got to find somebody that has a lot of money that has space and then like just let it borrow the space yeah and i think we, we could do it i'm trying to figure out i have a lot of um health <laughs> health physical uh 
challenges because <laughs> if you listen to that other to the prequel of this <laughs> podcast <laughs> that make it challenging because i need access to health insurance mm-hmm. and so that is a big part of i see so it's it's for me like balancing nonprofit work and sure. the um benefits <laughs> of being employed yeah is is really key so yeah. like this next couple months i'm, I'm gonna go on some trips i think and i'm gonna go i want to go visit some places and uh, see some nonprofits that i i think are doing cool work and okay. figure out how that they're doing that so i might go to oklahoma city of all places all right um and check out that i might do some some wandering and uh i'm a big fan of that and and i'll come back i mean i i, I won't be gone for long but i'm not really sure what will happen well, I'm sure no matter what, whatever your next endeavor is, is going to be full of uh, uh, excellence and a lot to offer to the community that you work with. So, yeah. Um, so, thank you for joining me, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks. Um, uh, uh, do you want to say goodbye to your fans? Do you want to? My fans? <laughs> um, no, and I just want to thank you for the opportunity. You're, you're a natural uh, conversationalist, I guess you would say. So, I, I appreciate just just chatting with you because yeah. there's not a lot of people that I get to do that with. And yeah. You're good at that. And like you were saying, like being able to, I'm not sure if you're going to have enough material for next For this one. Episode. Now it's like, now I'm like, we, we did both talk. talk. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much. Uh, thanks for the beer. Yeah. And, um, oh, man, it was good. We're nice. looking forward to the next installment of the Brian Bonanno saga. Yeah, thanks, 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 sir. All right, man, thank you. All right. All right. So, what did you think? <laughs> Good. <laughs> you didn't even listen to I it. I listened to it. I listened to the whole thing. It's the magic of podcasting. Yeah, you, it is you, the magic. It, it, you can pretend you, can you pre- listen to the whole <laughs> yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but thank you. I want to thank uh, Brian. Good friend of mine, Brian Bonanno. Great person. He's uh, contributes to. Uh, anywhere he goes really and uh, I want to thank everybody for listening again on the third episode look out for more episodes I have a couple more interesting people coming this week so um, look out for that Um, follow this how do you what are you saying sound on follow us on SoundCloud SoundCloud yeah follow hit the follow button follow button SoundCloud share it tell people about it why not and if you know anybody that's that it's interesting and you want me to talk to them yeah. Right? Yeah, exactly. And if you know any flat earthers, uh, <laughs> just, you know, make fun of them. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, everybody, and we'll see you soon.